0: Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Okay, as you can see, I'm not Chester. Chester is not here today. Um, he was actually planning on being here this week and I was supposed to speak next week in Obviously, plans change just a little bit, so you've got me this morning, and I'm going to start out in prayer, so let's bow our heads. God, I just come to you this morning. I pray that you will open up our ears to hear your word, God. I pray that you will make our hearts tender to receive, um, a Father, and I come against the spirit that is might try to twist the words that I'm saying. I come against the spirit of offense, and I pray that you will help us to hear, um, your heart this morning, Father, and I pray that you will help me to say only what you are wanting me to say. Amen. Okay, so let me get this out because I'm going to start with this scripture. I didn't give it to you, so you don't have to put it up there. A few weeks ago, I came up here um, because God had shared something with me, and I'm just going to read that real fast it's in hebrews 12 it says but we are not those who shrink back to destruction but those who have faith to the preserving of the soul so god has been talking to me about this and um and one of the things he's talking to me about is stubbornness okay so here's the question do you think being stubborn is good or bad who thinks being stubborn is good we got 2. 3 maybe a couple. Who thinks being stubborn is bad? Just a couple. Everybody's not participating. I need I'm going to need some participation. So we're going to try that again. Yeah, we're being too stubborn. Okay. If you think being stubborn is good, raise your hand. Okay, more hands. If you think stubborn is bad, raise your hand. We got about it's about equal. Okay, so the answer to that question is yes. Yes. Being stubborn is good, being stubborn is bad. Um, okay, so this is a message coming from a stubborn person who had a child who is not only stubborn, she is also hard or hard-headed. That would be Hannah Grace, the one that looks just like me. And um When, if for those of you that didn't know her when she was little, say until she was about four or five, you have never met a child who could be as stubborn and hard headed as that child who could throw some fits like you would not believe at all. And so. She was about three, and I was having myself a little pity party. Anybody ever done that with your kids? Like, I'm about to beat you to death, or I don't know, just cry, I'm not sure. And uh, so I'm praying and talking to the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to fix this kid, because either I'm going to be bald, because I'm going to pull out all my hair, or I'm going to beat her to death. It's one or the other. There's not an option in the middle right here. And... um clear as day he goes no I did that on purpose why would you do that to me (laughs) I was a good kid I never got in trouble like why 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 am I having to do this and um and this is what he said to me he said because the things that I have for that kid to do if anyone can change her mind she will not do them I made her this way because I have her set apart for something special, and it doesn't matter what anybody says to her. She's going to hear my voice and do what I said. So stubborn can be good or stubborn can be bad. And this is the scripture that God gave me because anybody that has a stubborn child and you're raising a stubborn child, bless your heart. I don't, I don't know what else to say. But this is the scripture that God gave me. It's in Ezekiel 3. And I'm going to have to hold this up because these are really little words and I can't see it. Then he said to me, son of man. Okay, let me pause for just a second. This is Ezekiel. Who is Ezekiel? Ezekiel was a a prophet, right? Okay, so this is Ezekiel's commission to being a prophet. He said to me, son of man, eat what you find, eat this scroll, and go and speak to the house of Israel so I opened my mouth, and he fed me the scroll. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your stomach and fill your body with this scroll which I am giving you. And then I ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. For you are not being sent to a people of unintelligible speech or a difficult language, but to the house of Israel nor to many peoples of unintelligible speech or difficult language whose words you cannot understand. But I have sent you to them who should listen to you. Yet the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you since they are not willing to listen to me. Surely the whole house of Israel is stubborn and obstinate. Behold, I have made, I have made your face as hard as their for, as hard as their faces and your forehead as strong as their forehead, do not be afraid or dismayed before them, though they are rebellious. He said, um, "Son of man, take into your heart all of my words which I will speak to you, and listen to me closely." So this became my prayer with Hannah: Lord, make my forehead stronger than her forehead, and um there were times that I really felt like my forehead had to have been made of metal because I felt like I was constantly beating my head against a wall and somehow I didn't have like a caved-in head. Um but that was that was one of those things. I was like, Hannah'd be throwing herself a fit. Let me let me give you a little example of that. Um so we're we're five at this point, and um I had taken all of the kids with me. We were going to go get school supplies. I was going to let the girls pick out a new shirt for the first day of school. And I had a budget because I was a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, I just wasn't going to spend tons of money on clothes at that point. And so we go into JCPenney's, and I have all three of the kids. And I'm like, okay, Lexi. Lexi finds this cute little shirt she likes. And Hannah, as you know, is frou-frou. She is... Little Miss Sassy Pants. And she found this little dress with this big tutu. And she was like, I want that. I'm like, I ain't paying $40 for you to wear this to, to school. I'm not, we're not getting this. But I want this. And I'm like, no. So then what happens? We start having this massive fit in the middle of JCPenney's. And I'm like, Hannah, you're about to get in trouble. You need to get it together. You need to stop. Does that does that work? No, that didn't work. That didn't work at all. So she starts screaming and like full out, throwing a fit in the middle of JCPenney's to the point that I'm like, there's nothing else I can do but take her outside. So I'm like, Lexi, baby, I'm so sorry. Let's put that down for now. Get your brother's hand. We're going outside. Come here, Ted. You're going to be my um, Hannah for a second. So turn around this side yeah get on your knees or like lay down or something that's the only way you're that high okay there we go she was still not quite that tall but anyways I'm like okay Hannah get my hand no and I'm like excuse me um hold my hand we're going in the parking lot and so I'm trying to hold her hand and have my hand which I should not have picked you you're too big like okay so um she wouldn't hold my hand so I'm having to hold her wrist I can't do it with him because his wrists are too big and I can't reach all the way around. But I am just very loosely holding her wrist because we're walking outside to go to the car. We're in the parking lot. You can sit back down. Our rule when they were little was when we're in the parking lot, you have to hold my hand, period. And Hannah was not having it. So we're walking out and she is flopping all over the place screaming, you're hurting me. And I'm like looking at her like I there's not even like a grip like there's like this much space where your wrists can move and uh so there's these two older ladies walking in and so of course they hear that and they're like like staring you down like you're this horrible person and I'm very calmly Hannah we're in the parking lot sis the rule is I have to be holding your hand or you have to be holding mine. It is not safe. And I'm just very calmly, take them, and she's screaming all the way. And Hannah and Cheddar are just like, you know. And so get them in the car. And I'm like, okay, here's the deal, Hannah. I will give you until we get to Walmart for you to get your stuff together and calm down. If we get to Walmart and you have calmed down, I'm not going to beat you right now. (laughs) Pretty much is what it boiled down to. I was like, if you're still throwing a fit when we get to Walmart, we're going home, and I'm going to light your little hiney up. And so, did that help? No. She screams all the way to Walmart. If we get to Walmart. I park. She is still screaming and throwing a fit. I'm like, all right. I didn't say anything. I put it in drive, and I start heading home. So, we're going down the avenue, and back when uh, the shoe store Payless was still there, we're going by Payless. So she's been screaming this whole time. And she looks up and she realizes where we are. She's like, Mama, where are we going? And I'm like, we're going home. Mama, what? What? I'll I stop. I'll stop now. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll be good. I'm, I'm, I promise I'll stop. And I'm like, we're going home. So from that point on, every turn, I had to every single turn, you turn around. You turn around. Mama, you turn around. Are we going back? Mama, you turn around. At this point, I'm not even responding to her anymore because I'm just like, my limit was done and so um we pull into the driveway and she's still mama you turn around you turn around mama you turn around hey mom mom are you turning around I hit the garage door button no and uh hysterics began again and uh, so I turn around I get Chet out of his car seat Lexi Chet go inside um go play in your rooms for just a little bit Hannah and I are about to have a conversation. And um so they go inside. They go to their room. Finally get Hannah out of the vehicle because she doesn't want to get out of the vehicle cuz she knows she's about to get a spanking. And for those of you that think spanking your child is wrong, uh the Bible says that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child and the rod of correction is what brings them out of that. I'm just going to lay that out there. Maybe some of y'all need to do some spanking of your childrens. Um But, anyway, so we take her inside, and, um, like, my rule, I I used a wooden spoon. Anybody else love that wooden spoon? Oh, wooden spoons were fabulous. Um, At one point, all of my wooden spoons had miraculously, like, disappeared. (laughs) Um, But, anyways, my other rule was, like, when I'm spanking you, your hands have to be on the counter. And if you cover it up and I hit your hand, that don't count because that ain't your booty and that's not what I was going for so it didn't count and so get her in there and spank her and like you know send her to her room because she's still at that point where she is so completely out of her mind that there's no talking to this kid so I finally get her calmed down have her come back out and I'm like Hannah why are you in trouble because I wanted that shirt that's not why you were in trouble and so we talk about why she was in trouble and how her actions I'm like I told her what we were gonna do. I was like, we were gonna get you this cute little shirt, we were gonna go get your school supplies, we were gonna go get snow cones, snow cones. Yeah. We were gonna get snow cones. And because you were acting like that, nobody got to have snow cones. And I said, So do you know what that means? We get to go now? No. No, honey, that is not what that meant. That meant that your behavior not only affected you, your behavior affected those around you. You owe your brother and sister an apology. So this is another fun thing that I don't know. Y'all might think this is not good parenting, but it worked well for us, except for Chad. It didn't work on Ted. Um. When they had done something wrong or been ugly to each other or been fighting with each other, the person who had done the not nice things would have to get on their knees in front of the other person and apologize. If they had said three mean things about them, they had to say six nice things about them and then they had to kiss their feet. (laughs) It's called making them learn humility. Um, Chad thought it was hilarious. Like that did not work on him. He's like, kiss your feet. I don't care. He thought it was hilarious. He'd giggle. It did not work on him, but on Hannah, it worked. Okay. So what is, what is this all boiled down to? Like stubbornness can lead to your own destruction. If you don't manage it properly, if you have a child who is stubborn and you're like, well, this is just the way they are. This is just how it's going to be. That is not how you parent a child. Um, I probably should start out with saying this. I don't tend to sugarcoat things when I preach, y'all, or when I speak. I kind of just am blunt. Um, So take it from the heart that it's coming from, and don't think that I'm, like, judging your parenting style. I'm just telling you, sorry, my ragweed doesn't like me, so my eyes are probably going to be watering all morning. But, like, take it from the heart it's coming from, okay? Like you really do have to be more stubborn than your kids if you have one that's stubborn because you have to make sure that kid is on the right path. Because if you let them stew in their stubbornness and don't correct where their heart is in that moment, then you are letting, you are leading your child to destruction. You are like, come on, let's go. You want to wh- bust the gates of hell wide open? Let me hold your hand. Is that a good way to parent... No, okay. Sometimes being a parent sucks, y'all. You have to do things you don't want to do. You have to be the mean person. You have to be the bad person. That's your job, okay? So, um, everybody knows Hannah now, right? Pretty much everybody in here knows Hannah. Um, she's in college and It's very sad because she's not here all the time. Chad's like, no, it's all good. I'm the only one. Um, But like my, those were my two, my two prayers for Hannah were this. God, let my forehead be stronger than her forehead. Let me out stubborn this child. Number two, Lord, capture her heart when she's little and let her be stubborn for you. Because again, like I told you to start out, I'm stubborn. She gets it for me. I understand that. Chester is hard-headed. I didn't know those were two separate things until I had Hannah and realized that she got both of them, y'all. Um, but oh, we have to learn how to stubborn in the right way. Whenever When you hear the word stubborn, you usually think of stubborn as a mule. Like it is a negative connotation. But what is the actual definition of the word? Let me pull it. Let me get it real fast. Stubborn. Having or showing a dogged determination not to change one's attitude or position on something, especially in spite of good arguments to do so. That does not sound like a negative thing to me. Who in the Bible was stubborn? Jonah was one. And uh, his stubborn was not in the right stubborn, which is why he got swallowed up by a whale. Job. Job was stubborn. The Bible doesn't say Job was stubborn, but the Bible talks about everything that he endured and everything that he walked to. Everybody that he knew was giving him good advice, saying, just curse God and die. And Job was like, No. This is my God. I will serve him. Even if he kills me, I'm going to serve him. That's called stubborn. Um, let's see. The persistent widow, which I know that this was, I'm not sad, y'all, I promise. Um, the persistent widow is a story that Jesus talked about, right? Is a parable, He talked about how stubborn she was, and she was constantly going to this judge who was not a really good guy, and she kept pleading her case for justice. She was pleading for justice, pleading for justice, and finally is like, I'm just going to give her what she's asking because I'm just tired of this lady bugging me. It's pretty much like, that's the Missy version, but I mean, that's pretty much what happened, right? She was persistent. When you hear the word persistent, a lot of times we're like, that's a good thing. She was stubborn, y'all. She was not going to give up because she knew that she was in the right. She knew that her cause was just. So she didn't give up. Who else was stubborn in the Bible? It's your typical Sunday school answer. Jesus. When was Jesus stubborn? Lots of times actually. Yes. Um, okay, hold on. I'm going to read a couple of things. So all weekend, I have been trying to figure out exactly what God wants me to say. I've had four separate versions of this message. And every time I have gotten it typed up, God was like, nah. Um, and so I was like, okay, all right, Um, which makes me a little nervous because I'm the person, I like my little bullet points. I want to make sure I hit each one on the top and just, you know, go. But God was like, no. So this is an instance where, um, I am just trying to follow what Holy Spirit is speaking to me in the moment and sharing my heart with you. So, um, we're going to start in Isaiah, uh, chapter 50. Um, And this is a prophecy about Jesus, okay? This is a prophecy about when he is um, going to the cross. I gave my back to those who strike me and my cheeks to those who pull out my beard. I did not hide my face from insults and spitting, for the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I am not disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed." What is flint? Does anybody know? It's a rock. It's a really hard rock, right? Okay, so this is, um, again, a prophecy about Jesus saying that Jesus is going to be hard as a rock when it comes to this. In Hebrews um, chapter 10, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. Who in here thinks that what he went through when he went to the cross was a joyful thing? Was he like, oh boy, this is so much fun. Everybody should do this. No. (laughs) There are going to be times in your life that you are faced with a situation that you literally feel like you're walking through hell. Has anybody been there? I know we got more people than that that's been you've been through some stuff. And there are times that the only way to get through those things are to outstubborn them. It's called endurance. Setting your face like flint. Right? Um So being stubborn can be very good. Let's see. When is being stubborn bad? Well, I've got several verses for you and I'm just going to read through these real fast. Proverbs 12:15 A stubborn fool considers his own way the right one. Jeremiah 18:12 We will continue with our own plans, each of us following the stubbornness of our own hearts. Psalm 81, 11, and 12, my people wouldn't listen and they wouldn't submit, so I gave them over to their stubborn hearts so that they could follow their own ways. Romans 2, 5, because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up for yourself wrath. Listen to me, you stubborn and hard-hearted, you who are now far from my righteousness. That's Isaiah. Acts 7.51. You stiff-necked people. Your hearts and your ears are still uncircumcised, just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. So when is being stubborn wrong? When is it a sin? When it's about why, oh, you. When it's your ideas, your ways, your thoughts... Your feelings, that is what leads to destruction. So, some of us are being stubborn for the Lord, and we need to understand that we need to be more stubborn. Some of us are being stubborn for ourselves, and we need to repent. Because stubbornness will do one of two things. It will develop your character where it will destroy it. And the path that you choose to walk is the determining factor. Where am I getting that from? Let's see. Attitude matters. I like that. Your attitude matters. The attitude in your stubbornness matters. If you're like... Mm, I don't know. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to think about a time I was stubborn. Y'all, I, I'll admit to y'all, um, I probably need to do a little repentant because there is one thing I hate admitting, and that is when Chester is right. <laughs> Drives me crazy. Um, and so I will be a little bit stubborn when, even when I know he's right and I'm just like, mm I ain't going to apologize. He was wrong too, even if he wasn't. Um, so I understand stubborn. Again, I promise I do. Um, we're going to read James. And I'm talking about being stubborn. And a word that is similar to that is endurance right? Okay. So James chapter one, um, consider it all joy. When what? When you have hit the mountaintop and everything is going your way and it's sunshine and roses. Uh, Except that's not what it says. Consider it joy when you encounter trials. That's not quite as fun. So I'm going to pause for a second and make another plug. If you think that when you get saved, it's like... The golden road has been laid out before you. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. And you're happily skipping down this golden lane that the Lord has just laid out before you. And life is easy and fun. And nothing bad is ever going to happen again. Y'all ain't living in reality. Because the Bible says what? Surely you will have problems. You're going to face trials and tribulations. But what? Be of good cheer because Jesus has already overcome the world. So, the promise when you get saved isn't that everything's sunshine and roses and everything's easy sailing from then on. No, the promise is, is Jesus like, oh, you're my kid now? Well, sorry, but like, it's not going to be very easy. It's gonna be pretty hard. But you gotta understand that you gotta walk through it with joy because the end result's gonna be pretty good. Okay. End of that one. I'm gonna keep on going. Okay. So consider it joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is what produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Down to verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been pr- approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised those who love him. Romans 5. And not only this, but we also exalt. What does exalt mean? Anybody want to take a stab at that one? Huh? Lift up? Okay. It means to feel or show triumphant elation and jubilation. So a trial comes your way and you're like, yes, this is so awesome. That's literally what it says for you to do right there. (laughs) Instead of Eeyore. Oh, my God. We got some ears in here. Anybody, or every once in a while, whenever you face trials, you're like, Poor me. It's the end of the world. Everybody's against me. Wow, wow. Again, in the Lord, get over yourself. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I told you all, I just am kind of blunt. Okay, let's keep on going. We exalt in in tribulations, knowing that tribulation. Getting tongue tied. I'm going to start over. Not only this, but we also exalt in tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance brings proven character. Proven character brings hope, and hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within your heart through the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. So I'm going to compare this a little bit to one of the verses that I read in the negative. Why was being stubborn bad? Because you were resisting the Holy Spirit. When you're being stubborn and enduring in joy, the Holy Spirit is the reward. Holy Spirit walking with you is the reward. And so... I think it's time for us to understand that we need to be stubborn. Because why? We are not those that shrink back. We are not those that don't have hope. We know what the end result is. And how you're going to get there, the attitude that you have on that path is important. I've heard people say that, like, um, and I'm probably going to butcher this. If y'all have ever heard me try to tell stories or, like, make quotes, I usually am not very good at it. Um, And Chester laughs at me all the time. But so, uh, let me, let me hold on. My brain is processing too fast, and my words aren't coming out what I'm thinking. Okay, so a lot of people think that the result, the end, is what matters. They're like, it doesn't matter how you get there. Just get there. Can anyone show me where it says that in the Bible? Because I've never seen it. One of the problems with the church today is that we haven't hidden God's word in our hearts. So we hear a a good-sounding statement, and we're like, this is what the Lord says. No, it's not. If you are being stubborn because you feel like this is what's supposed to happen in my life, but you didn't get that from the Lord, you are in sin. Your heart has been hardened to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you, and you need to repent. If God has given you a firm word, and it will be confirmed in his word, because God doesn't go against his word, right? So if... Um, I'm just going to go there. So there are denominations that have, um, I guess, approved um, people to be ministers who live a lifestyle that is completely against God's word. There are denominations that have said, it's okay to love whoever you love The heart has to be true to itself. No, actually, I'm 100% positive that the Bible says that your heart is is deceitful and wicked. The Bible doesn't say, follow your feelings and follow your heart. The Bible says, this is my word, do what it says. Obey my words, period. It's not like there's not room for interpretation of, oh, well, this is really what I just feel like the Lord is speaking to me right now. Honey, that's called you. Because the Holy Spirit and you going to sound a whole lot alike. And the difference is the Holy Spirit will be true to his word. And you will be true to whatever emotion is like caught your fancy. Which is not Biblical. Okay, hold on just one second. I'm going to read this one again. I said it earlier, but we need to be stubborn, but the attitude in our heart posture matters. Again, it's the difference between developing your character, like walking your life out in joy, like I was talking about just a second ago, which is going to lead to endurance and good character, to hope, like it leads to all of these good things. Um, Being stubborn in the Lord and in his word that he's given you leads to life. Being stubborn in yourself, it's going to kill you. Again, you're the deciding factor here. What voice are you going to listen to? Are you going to make the choice to be joyful? Because joyful, being joyful is not a feeling, it's not an emotion. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a choice that you make. Choose joy. Pretty sure there's scriptures that say to choose joy. Not when you feel like it, be happy. Because then you're not only going to be miserable, but you're going to make everybody around you miserable too. Choose to walk in joy. Have there been times in my life where I didn't feel quite joyful? Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm actually I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony with you. Um... It's been a few years since I've had a chance to get up and talk in front of everybody. Um, but about a year and a half ago or so, I had not been feeling well at all. Um, exhausted all the time. By noon, my brain wouldn't process anymore. I'd be at work trying to do things that were usually really easy for me, and my brain would not process, and I couldn't figure out what I was trying to do. I would work until 5. Five o'clock would come, I would drive home, I would climb in bed and be asleep by 5.15 because my entire body was so exhausted I had nothing left. I couldn't, couldn't, like, just I just couldn't. So I went to the doctor, and um, she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm just tired all the time, I don't know, blah, 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 these are all the things, like my blood pressure's going crazy, Um, Can't keep my blood pressure right. Uh, I was on two blood pressure medications, one in the morning, one in the night. And my blood pressure was still, like, through the roof. Um, Like, crazy, crazy. So she did a lot of blood work trying to see what's going on. And uh, so I did blood work. I don't remember what day it was. But all of this happened all in the same week. So I do that. The very next day, I wake up to my chest just like, like it hurt. Like it felt like somebody had a knife, just like twisting it in my heart. And I was like, oh gosh, I think I'm having a heart attack. No, I'm not. This is where stubbornness might not always be good for you. Nope. Fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm okay. I get up, I get in the shower and it would hit me and it would hurt so bad that I'm like bent over, like trying to breathe. And I'm just like nope, I'm fine. I'm fine. Chester's sleeping. I need to let him sleep. He's got this going on. I don't want to bother him. Don't want to scare my kids. Got to get them to school. Got to get them out the door. Um, and this is like, this is what I'm talking myself through. And, um, and I'm just like, no, it's all right. Driving to school. For some reason, Hannah was not at school it was not this last May, but the May before. Anyways, for some reason, I'm driving Ched to school. I can't remember why. And um, and I remember him looking at me. You okay, Mom? Yep, I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. I'm fine. Everything's great. It's all right. And they're just like looking at me like something's not right, but they couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, being the mom, it's my job to make sure my kids are happy and not scared and everything's great, right? And so I get to work and uh, or no, I take that back. I dropped Chet off, and um, yeah, I dropped Chet off, and uh, I call my sister as soon as Chet's not in the car. I call my sister, and I'm like, because my sister's a nurse, and I'm like, hey, so I have kind of a question for you, and she's like, okay, what's wrong? And I was like, how do you know if you're having a heart attack? And she's like, what? I was like, well, she's like, what do you mean? What's going on? Like, starts freaking out. She's like, what exactly is happening? And I'm like, well, probably woke up about eh, 4.30 this morning to chest pains, like, pretty bad. But then it went away. And then it kind of came back several more times. And and, uh, I just wanted to call and, like, I'm good, right? Like, everything's okay, right? And she's like, you need to go to the emergency room right now. Where are you at? And she starts on this thing, and I was like, well, I mean, I just got to work, I think I'm okay, like, my doctor's office opens in about, like, seven minutes, I'm just gonna call them, so I can just go see them, and they can tell me everything's right, okay, right, and she's like, Missy, you need to go to the emergency room now, and I was like, well, I'll just wait till Chester gets here, stubborn, 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 so um, I call Chester, and, and I'm like, hey, he's like, what's wrong, and I'm like, Um, well, uh, kind of, um, Krisha thinks I need to go to the emergency room because she thinks I might be having a heart attack. What? I was like, yeah. So, like, you think maybe you could be here in just a few minutes? And so he comes and gets me, takes me to the emergency room. My blood pressure is through the roof. Um, honestly, I can't remember what it was but it was it was pretty bad so they um start like giving me a bunch of medicine trying to get my blood pressure to come back down and I'm freaking out and like these are the thoughts going through my head if I die right now Chester has no idea how to take care of himself (laughs) like I'll just be honest like that's what I'm thinking he doesn't know how to take care of himself I do everything for him which I don't do everything for him but I'm like, he doesn't know how to pay the bills. He doesn't know how to do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is he gonna do? And I'm like, that's like, that's what's that's fear speaking to me. You're gonna die. You're not gonna make it. Your kids are not gonna have their mother. Like, what are what are you gonna do? Like, well, obviously, if you're dead, you can't do anything. I'm like, and so I'm like, you know, like these are the thoughts like flying around in my head, and I'm just like what in the world? So they finally get my blood pressure under control after, I don't know, about three hours of being in the emergency room. My blood pressure's gotten down to where it's not stroke level anymore. And um, my doctor has gotten me into the heart doctor in town. So go over to the heart doctor and see her. And they're just like, oh my gosh, like blah, blah, blah. We're going to have to do a heart cath. We're going to have to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, "Uh, what in the world? And I'm like, was freaking out. Anybody ever else, you've had a major health crisis and you're just like, "Uh, I don't know what to think. I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to pray right now. I'm just kind of like freaking out. But on the outside, I'm like, but I can't be freaking out on the outside because if they know how bad I'm freaking out, they're going to freak out more. And I can't freak them out. We can't all be freaked out. Somebody has to not be freaked out. So I need to just pretend like I'm okay. Anybody ever done that? I think that's all moms in the room. Um, And so... You know, they put me on a new medication. Um, they have, they're have, they like, we're going to call you tomorrow. You're going to be going to Little Rock to do a heart cath because we're pretty sure there has to be some kind of blockage, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so the next day, it's when we were still at Cross Life. And, um, and I went to, or I got a call from my doctor um, with the results of the blood work that I had done the day before I went to the emergency room. And she's like, well, um, we don't know exactly what's wrong with you, but you have an autoimmune disease. We just don't know which one. We just know it's not rheumatoid arthritis. And so then I did what every person does. I Googled autoimmune diseases. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm dying. Um, for real this time, no, you know. So I'm like, I'm a little bit freaked out, and um, I'm just like, uh, so I go to um, to the church because Chester's there on my lunch break. I go to tell him this is what the doctor just said. Um, I can't go find a rheumatologist until we get the heart stuff done because the heart stuff's more like important to get figured out before you figure out all the autoimmune things. And um, my amazing, wonderful friend Patty was there, and uh, she's like, have you thought about doing carnivore? And I was like, I don't know what that is. I have not heard of that. What is this thing you're speaking of? And she said, "Um, I've been doing some research, and I've heard that if you do carnivore, it will put you in remission. It'll put autoimmune diseases in remission. And I'm like, there's something I can do. I can uh, I can do that. And this is where stubbornness is a good thing. And I was like, okay. So she gives me some information. I start looking it all up. What is carnivore? Carnivore is you eat meat. That's it. You get meat. Maybe coffee every once in a while. When I started, I couldn't have coffee because my blood pressure was too high. And the coffee would make my blood pressure crazier so I could have water. So wonderful. Water and meat. If you know me, you know that I like sweets. I like sugar. Sugar was my favorite. Pasta, bread, dessert. y'all, I was a professional baker for a while. This is why like I learned how to bake because I wanted to eat it. And I did a lot. <laughs> and um and so I'm like, okay, Carnivore. All right, well, I guess I'm going to try this. And my thing is, is I'm like, I knew myself well enough to know that if I didn't go extreme, hardcore, don't have any of the fluff, I would make excuses for myself to cheat every single day. So what did I do? I went extreme. And I was like, I can have meat. I can have eggs. I can cook with butter and bacon grease, and I can have water. I didn't eat... I had very, very, very small amounts of only hard cheeses, and I only did cheeses about three times a week. So I went from eating everything under the sun, everything that was colorful and pretty and yummy, I ate it all the time, to my food life was drab and boring, and it was all brownish, and that was all I ate. and um, And so I was... <laughs> I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So I start doing this. Go do the heart cath, which that hurts. Dang. Um, They gave me the medicine to, like, you know, make you kind of relax and chill. And then the doctor got caught up over at the hospital and was an hour and a half late after I had taken the medicine. So by the time he gets there, all the chill you out medicine was gone. And it hurt. Anyways, so they get in there and they're like, yeah, you've got zero blockage. It makes no sense why your blood pressure is so high. It makes no sense why this is all going on because your veins are good, like very healthy, very clear, nothing wrong there. And I'm like, what in the world? And so then they scheduled me to go see the rheumatologist, and that takes a while to get into someone, um, if you didn't know. And so by the time I finally made it to the rheumatologist, I had been doing carnivore for approximately two months, and um, so I'm, Chester went with me. I'm still a little bit nervous because I'm like, what are they about to tell me is wrong with me? Um, is this a disease I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life? Um, is this something that, you know, again, all the thoughts just pinging around in your head, what is happening right now? And um, so get in there. And at this point, like, oh, this is another thing. Another thing where I guess being stubborn comes into play. I decided... This journey will have nothing to do with how much weight I lose or don't lose. I refused to buy a scale. The only time I was ever weighed when I was at the doctor's office, like, I refused because that's not what it was about for me. For me, it was about I need to get healthy, okay? And so I'm, like, not going to even pay attention to any of this stuff. I'm just going to eat these things and only these things, even though I want these things and I'm cooking these things for everybody at my house. I'm just going to eat these things. Do y'all know how hard that is? Again, that's where being stubborn really helped me because I was like, it's not about the pleasure in the moment. It's about, do you want to feel good And be healthy so that you can enjoy your children's lives. And someday far down the road, grandchildren, do you want to be healthy so that you can enjoy your life? Or do you want to be happy in that second and eat the things you're not supposed to and feel like crap all the time and not have any energy for the family that you so much love that you want to do things with but you don't because you're choosing not healthy choices? These are the questions I was asking myself, okay? So we had our annual lake trip. At this point, I'm about a month and a half in, and uh, pizza was my thing. That was really hard to not have pizza. I know that might sound silly to you guys, but just smelling pizza, I would be like, I really want to eat that really bad. And so we'd been at the lake all day, and our annual tradition was when we're done on the lake, we go to this really nasty pizza place. Like, it's not even a good pizza place, but that's where we always went. And so we go to this pizza place, and so we're on the way over there, and I'm like, Chester, I'm going to need your help. And he's like, okay, what? I was like, I'm going to tell you I just really want to eat a piece of pizza. Like, just one piece of pizza is not going to kill me. Like, it's not going to be that bad. These are the things I'm going to be saying to you, and I need you to tell me no. (laughs) I need you to help me and tell me, Missy, you really don't want that, okay? So um, I'm sitting, Chester's sitting here. My mother-in-law is sitting there, and, and the whole time I'm like, hey, Chester. And, like, this is, this, is the, this is the part that was the worst. Like, they bring out the breadsticks, which are the only part of their pizza that's actually good. They have good breadsticks, but their pizza's horrible. And where does that get set? Right in front of me. And I'm just like, just don't look at it. Just don't look. And I'm like, oh, God. Chester, just like one little piece. Because they're small. I'm like, just, just one, right? Just one will be fine. It's like, babe. You don't want to do it. And I'm like, yeah, no, okay, okay. And so we've been like back and forth, and I'm like, and I'm like, please help me be strong because I am not feeling strong right now. And um, I love my mother-in-law to death, and um, and so we're sitting there, and and she thinks that Chester's being mean to me by telling me no, I can't have it. And finally, she goes, Chester, she is a big girl; she can eat what she wants to. <laughs> and Chester goes. She's a big girl. That's the problem. And I was just like, oh, you are a jerk. That might not have been the word I said. I might have called him a donkey or another word for that. Anyways, I was like, I was like, that is so mean. Why would you say that to me? And um and like just mad at him, like irrational. It didn't make any sense. Cause he's doing exactly what I asked him, except that, and like it was one of those things where he said it and his eyes go whoop, like, oh crap, that is not what I meant. And um, and so I'm like, oh, anyways. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, the side, that was a sidetrack funny story. Um, but anyway, so when I when I get to the doctor, I go back for the results. And um, she comes in and she looks at me and she goes, so how much weight have we lost? And I was like trying to calculate in my head. And I was like, well, I think I'm at like 25, 30 pounds. And she's like, really? Since when? And so I told her since you know, since May until it was just July, maybe. And um, she's like, that is absolutely amazing. I was like, thanks. Like, let's get through all this small talk and tell me what's wrong with me, is is what I'm thinking. And she goes, okay, so we've got the results on your blood work back. And I was like, okay. And she goes, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, The last time I saw you, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I was 99.9% sure that I was going to tell you, you have lupus. Anybody heard of lupus? Lupus ain't fun. It's not fun. And she says lupus, and I'm like, "What? what? And she goes, but you don't have it. She's like, it's not showing up anywhere in your blood work. She's like, you don't even have any more markers that are hitting that you have an autoimmune disease. Like she's, there's nothing there. And I was just like, there's not nothing. And I'm like, so what, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? And she goes, well, it's one of three things. She said, the first option is lupus weaves in and out of positives and negatives for about the first three years that you have it. And I was like, oh, crap. And she goes, but that's not what this is. I was like, oh, Okay. She goes, option number two, it was a false positive the first time they told you you had an autoimmune disease. And I was like, oh, okay. She goes, that's not it either. I'm like, okay. And she goes, you put yourself in remission. And I was like, I did. She's like, you did. You put yourself in remission. She said, that's the only the only answer I have for you. She said, every single um issue that you had every single symptom that you had the issues with your heart all the way up to these like the no energy all of these she said all of that is lupus lupus will attack your heart and make you think that you have heart problems when you don't lupus will do this lupus will do this like my body hurt all the time and I just didn't think anything about it because that's what it was every day all of my joints hurt all the time my like my body just ached all the time, and I just I was like, well, you're old. You're old and you're fat. That's just what happens when you're old and you're fat, right? You just don't feel great. And, um, and she was like, no, like, all of that was lupus. And she's like, but you don't have it. And, and so, obviously, I was a little, just a little bit excited. I was a little bit excited about that. Um, but how did I get there? How did I get from like two months before you have, uh, looks like you're having a heart attack. It looks like you have lupus, which is considered an incurable disease. Like they say there's not a cure for it, but Jesus, but Jesus, how could I do this eating style when everyone else in my house is eating this style, which I very much like Jesus, (laughs) Because sometimes Jesus will give you a stubborn to help you get through the hard parts in your life to get to where you need to be. Because his plan for us is for us to have joy and have peace and to walk in health and happiness and wholeness. But sometimes that takes you being stubborn or, I don't know, like self-discipline, self-control. Like, all of these bad words that we don't like, nobody likes that. Like, who wants to be like, oh, I have great self-control? No, everybody wants to be like, I eat whatever I want to, right? And um, listen, again, I want you to take this in the heart that I'm sharing it. I do not want you to be like, oh, well, she's condemning everybody because now she's not fat like she used to be. If you know me, you know that's not me. You know that, like, I am going to be your biggest cheerleader. If you are doing something stupid, I'm going to tell you. But I'm going to do it in a loving way because I love you and I want what's best for you, right? Oh, Lord, I don't think. Everybody's staring at me like this. So It's a little intimidating. Um, But what I'm saying is. Like, sometimes we need to be stubborn, and we need to put our flesh under our thumb. Sometimes we need to be stubborn for our kids. Sometimes we need to be stubborn for our spouse or our best friend. Because they're going through hell and they need someone who loves them enough to support them, to walk with them through that hell, but to not let them stew in their bad attitude. If I love you and you are saying something that goes against God's word, I'm not going to be like, oh, you poor thing. I am so sorry that Jesus is doing that to you right now. That's just horrible. Why would he do that to you? That's called a crappy friend, for those of you that weren't sure about that. Like, that's when you say, hey, buck up. Like, God didn't say your life's going to be sunshine and roses and rainbows everywhere. Sometimes life's going to be hard, and that's why you have to make sure you've got yourself connected to, um, what was the word you used, Jim, an organism? It's why you have to have yourself connected to family. Because nobody's going to love you like your family. Family isn't blood. Chet isn't my family only because he's my child and he shares my blood. He's my family because I choose for him to be my family. For those of you that don't know, my brother is adopted. Um, which when you see him, it's very obvious. He's Filipino. Obviously doesn't look like me right? Um, But he's family, period. Not because we had the same last name as children, but because my heart chose him to be my family. He's five days younger than me, so we were raised like we were twins. He was adopted when we were 18 months old. He had, okay, imagine the little starving kids in um, Africa, right? Their arms and legs are this big. They have the big, distended pot bellies, sores all over their bodies. That's my brother when we we got him. He had had such high fevers when he was a baby that both of his eardrums had burst, so he couldn't hear very well. And when you can't hear very well, it's hard to speak clearly because you can't hear the things you're trying to say. So not only is he like native speaking of Tagalog, which is the Filipino language, he's not an English speaker when we get him, but I knew what he was saying from the moment that he was in our family. I was his interpreter, which was crazy because I didn't like to talk at all as a kid. The fact that I'm actually standing up here in front of you today is nothing but God because when I was a teenager, there is absolutely no way in the world that I would ever have been in front of people talking. I played t-ball. My dad was my coach. And this was what I asked every time I went up to bat. Will you make everybody turn around and look that way? Because I didn't want anybody looking at me, y'all. That's like, I don't like the spotlight. I've, people have heard me teasingly say, that's why Mary Chester, he loves the attention. I don't like it. He can have it all. It's a great partnership. And these are all things that are totally off topic, but like being stubborn, we need to help each other be stubborn. If God gives Andrew a word, as his sister, um, I call him one of my kids. So as a mother, I know mom is right here, but as one of the mothers... Like, it's my job to stand with him on that word. Because there are going to be times that God gives you something, and you might waver. Is this, really what, is this really what I'm supposed to be believing for? Is this? And when you have family to step up and say, hey, come on, you got this. Keep believing. Don't give up. God has given you a vision. You walk it out until it happens. You keep going. Or there are going to be times where I'm like, God is telling me that if I just believe, he's going to give me a Lexus and an airplane to go everywhere I need to. Um, honey, no, mm -mm, no, that is not, that's not what God said he wants to do. That is your flesh wanting things that I don't actually need. Okay, so like... There are times that we have to correct, and there are times that we have to stand up, stand with them, and help them stand. Or get behind them and say, come on, Andrew, just one more step. Just one more step. Come on, you got this. We can just keep going. Come on, you can go. You got there. You're almost there. Is that not what family is called to? And another thing, okay, sorry, you can sit back down. The greatest joys in my life are this, loving the Lord, being married to my husband, and being a mom. It's all I ever wanted to do. When I was a little kid and my sister's like, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be this. They were like, what do you want to be? I was like, I want to be a mom. It's all I wanted. I wanted to be a mom. And for a while I felt really like God should have given you a better dream. Like, you should have. What better thing is there than to parent children, raising them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, teaching them to walk the path? What better calling is there? And if you don't think you have to be stubborn to do that well, might need to go to the doctor, but check your brain out just a little bit. Hannah and Talon, new parents. They still have a youngin. Have you had to be stubborn in parenting yet? Yeah. They've gone through things in Cohen's short life that nobody else can even imagine that they've had to walk through. You don't think they had to be stubborn standing on the promise that God gave them Cohen? I'll go back to Hannah. Hannah is the stubborn kid. But Hannah loves the Lord. And my prayer that God would capture her heart when she was little happened. It happened. Um, when we went to um, the youth camp this summer... God spoke to Hannah, and, um, and she was like, I think I'm supposed to go to Bible school here. And I was like, mm, that's, not, that's not hitting me right. Like, that's not connecting with my spirit. Like. And so I'm just like, but I don't want to say anything because I'm like, her heart is pure wanting to go after the Lord. Chester's the same way, like, we're, we're like, okay, we'll, we'll go with her to talk to the people in admissions, um, we get home that night, and I'm like, so, well, we get back to the house where we're staying, and I'm like, Chester, like, what do you think about this, and he's like, what do you think about this, and I was like, I don't know, like, It's not hitting me like this is what she needs to do. But I'm not going to discourage her that she's wanting to run after the Lord. So it's one of those things where it's like, what do we do? And uh, we're like, okay, well, we're going to pray about this. Okay. So Chester and I go with her to go meet the financial people and talk to them. And just like nice to meet you. And I'm like, God, like, if this is what you want, I know you'll make it happen. But as her parent, I still don't feel like that is where God was leading her. But I'm not, she's, I'm not going to tell her, you can't go into ministry. So where, where do we go from there? And I'm like, And then it goes, I back it all the way up to when she's little. I've known that Hannah's going to be a missionary since the time she was a kid. Again, parents, pray for your children. Get a word on what the Lord says about them and pray that over them. I have known, again, I have known that Hannah was going to be a missionary. I knew that she was going to be in the ministry since the time she was little. And so I'm like... On one hand, I'm like, she's wanting to go to this ministry school, which is, I know, part of what her calling is. But on the other hand, I know she's supposed to be a nurse. How do those go together? I don't know. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, like, you're going to have to, like, speak to her heart. And if this is, if you want her to be here Give me peace because this isn't what I feel like you're saying. And so we get home, we sit down and we talk with her. Chester shares a little story with her. And he's like, Hannah, he said, I really feel like this was God to you saying, will you run after me? Will you throw everything away and do what I'm asking you to do? He said, but I don't necessarily think he's telling you to go here. He said, but we're going to pray about this. Even up to like five years ago, if we had had that conversation with Hannah where she's like, this is what I want to do. And we weren't like, yes, this is awesome. She could still throw herself some fits even up to five years ago. And she would have cried and she would have been like, you don't love me. You know, like that kind of stuff. Like, you don't believe me. You don't like she would have gone into the dramatics. And, um, if you know Hannah, you know, and, um. And this was her response. She was like, I never thought about it that way. He just wanted me to say yes. I can still go be a nurse. We looked at her, and I'm like, do you still feel like you're supposed to be a nurse? And she's like, yeah. I was like, okay. And she's like, I just didn't. Okay, I'm going to pray about that. So my most stubborn child in the whole entire world had an idea. We didn't automatically agree with her. And her love of the Lord and her maturing in the Lord, her response was, I'm going to ask God about that. Never a prouder moment in my life than knowing that my kid is following after God in a way that she is willing to throw away all of her dreams to do whatever he says for her to do. Never a prouder moment in my life. Is she at, what is it, CF&I? Is she at CF&I? No, she's not. She's at UAM right now. But she knows that she's running after the Lord. God's already given her favor. If you know Hannah, you know that she loves to worship the Lord. She loves to play, like, the, her Her keyboard. That is her, like, chill time as she plays her keyboard. She's got a little room, y'all, and she's got a roommate. So she didn't have space to take her keyboard with her. And um, about two weeks ago, she was talking to me, and she was like, Mom, I really miss my keyboard. And I was like, yeah, I know. She's like, I just I just wish I had somewhere I can play. I'm like, yeah, like, it'll be okay. Like, God's, God's got you. He's got you. He's going to take care of this. And she's like, yeah. Um, a couple days later, they had a, um, so there's several, like, Christian campus ministry things around. And one of them was doing karaoke night. So she's like, yes, because Hannah loves. So she goes over whips out some Adele, sings herself some Adele at this song, at this thing. And she's just, you know, having the time of her life. And um, the pastor of that particular house comes up to her and says, would you want to be on our worship team? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, really? Do you like play anything? And she goes, well, I mean, I play the keyboard. He goes, Oh, we don't have a keyboard, but we'll get one. So she's been at at school for like a couple of weeks. And her first prayer, her first, like, you know, God, this I wish I had this. Within a couple of days, God has provided. So she's on the worship team at um it's actually a missionary Baptist campus ministry. And so she gets there, they have the practice and she walks up and like says hi to the pastor and hi to the worship pastor. And she's like, all right, here's the deal. I speak in tongues. Um, if that's going to be a problem, I can't be on your team because this is who God is in me. And this is what I do. And, uh, I would love to have the opportunity, but if you're not comfortable with this, that's, that's okay. And he looks at her and says, well, that's fine with me. She's like, okay, I just felt like I needed to be completely honest with you and tell you this is what I do. And um, so what is a good thing about having a kid that's stubborn? They're not afraid to be who God created them to be they're bold, and they will move mountains. So if you have a kid that's stubborn and you're still in that their little kid's age and you're like, I'm going to pull all my hair out, I'm going to beat them to death, or I'm going to go insane, there is hope at the end of that tunnel if you will be more stubborn than they are and set your heart as the parent for that child to fall in love with the Lord. And some of you need to be stubborn for yourself. The Bible says that the person who, like, it's in James, he's like, sometimes I think this and sometimes I think this. That person is unstable in all of their ways, like if you can't make up your mind. Some of you, it's time to make up your mind to be stubborn for the Lord and do what he said. Some of you have a word from the Lord if he's told you something you're supposed to do, but it seems like it's too hard. Or it seems like it's asking a little too much. You need to repent. And some of us need to do a little bit of all of it. Some of us have some things we need to repent for. Some of us have some things where we need to understand, and I've been talking for a long time, I'm sorry. Some of us need to understand that we need to um, stand firm in what the Lord has told us and walk that path. And it might be a path like you thought your path was going to go this direction. But the Lord said your path goes this direction. But if you decide that you want to keep going this direction, you're going to hit a wall. Because the Lord said that he'll make your path straight. But you have to know where his voice and where his light is telling you to go. If you're not in the Word, you're not going to know. If you're not praying and talking to Him, you're not going to know. If the voice that you hear in your ear are people that don't know the Lord and don't love the Lord, and they're the ones always telling you what you should be doing, why are those the people you're listening to? Because they don't know the Lord. How can they direct you and help you get to your destination in the Lord if they don't even know who He is? Just some food for thought. So, who needs to be stubborn? Some people don't, don't think they need to be stubborn yet. Who needs some endurance? If you're not raising your hand, you ain't being honest with yourself. Just going to say that. Okay, let's pray. God, we just come to you, and for the times in our lives that we have been stubborn in our own will, and our own way, God, I pray that you will forgive us. God, we repent. We give our hearts to you, and we say, please, search my heart, God. Let my heart be something that runs after you, Let me hear your voice, Father God, and let me only speak and do the things that I hear you say and the things that I see you do, Father. God, I pray that you will help us to have resolve. Help us be stubborn in the things that you have given us, Father. Help us cling to the word that you have given us and to walk in your path, Father God, and not give up and not be swayed, no matter how good the argument might be to go somewhere other than where you're telling us to go. And God, for those that have stubborn children, God, I pray that you will help the parents to guide those children on the path that they need to walk on so that they can fall in love with you, Father. For if you capture their heart, God, they're going to be world changers. So I pray that we will all be like little children, Father God, that you will capture our hearts for you. You will help us to set our face like Flint to be determined to follow you and your word and your passion. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, love you guys. Have a great day. I hope you were encouraged.